Welcome to the Friendship News Hour, presented to you by Bomber Media. Today is September the 12th, 2023. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. Oh, man. The gilded time of the sports year. It's upon Back, us. baby. It's just all there. It's all yep. there. Football, baseball, U.S. Open tennis. That's what I waited all summer for, man. Not watching baseball. Waiting for this. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Hockey starts. <laughs> yep. Basketball, basketball starts. Mm-hmm. Woo. Good time it's of nice. year. It's very nice. It's nice. Uh, in the sweetest of ironies, I mean, I'm not a big tennis fan. Mm. Not, I mean, you know, I, I, I saw I saw the final, U.S. Open final. Djokovic won. It was awesome. Fuck. Great match. And it seemed like he was, throughout the entire tournament, barely tested. I mean, just barely tested. It, it, this guy is just certified savage. Yeah. And at the end of the tournament... He has beaten his opponent. He is champion. This runs. Well, we'll take you to the dirtiest shot of the day, and it was <laughs> saving the match point. point. Oh, the match <laughs> point to get to number 24. There were a lot of shots that, that were highly impactful. But here's the final one. If you missed that, if you're wondering why the hell we're even running that, Novak Djokovic, very famously or infamously, is unvaxxed and was not allowed to participate in the past two U.S. Opens. One U.S. Open, two? two. I think two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, past two U.S. Opens. Couldn't enter the country and participate in athletics because of his vaccination status. When asked about said vaccination status, he said, "Uh, I could really care less about my legacy because my legacy is going to be what I chose to do in moments like this, and I've chosen not to inject myself with this vaccine. And if that means that I can't participate this final Grand Slam of the tennis season, then so be it. And he comes back. He absolutely wallops the competition, and it's all sponsored by Moderna. It's fucking amazing. It's great. It's incredible. To the sports side, he is a little bit lucky. I think that Daniel Medvedev beat Carlos Alcaraz in the semi because even Medvedev was kind of in that second set. He, You could tell Joker was tired, bro. And Carlos yeah. is another level when it gets to that, and he would have pushed that button even harder. So I, he's, he, I think he's a little bit lucky in this one that Carlos wasn't there because just like Carlos did in Wimbledon, which was the last major, I think he would have outlasted him with the legs. You could tell Joker was really, really tired. Um, but, man, those the you watch the final. Those rallies that they were having, man, you don't usually see 20 to 30 volley back and forth rallies in tennis. Like, that's that's rare, man. So what is that? what is that indicative of? Just two guys that that know how to like play within, like how to control the ball, play within themselves. And I mean, obviously they're getting to some crazy balls, but like they they've played each other so many times, they know each other, so they know mm-hmm. when to try to make that move. But in the meantime, it's get it back to them. Hopefully they'll make a mistake. If not, you have to take a risk at some point and try to push them to to move. And it was just oh man, it was it was great tennis to watch. It, it was very interesting. And then on Saturday, the women's final with Coco Golf, uh, it was just oh. Great tennis match. She lost the first set, came back and won the next two. Super young, 19 years old. I think the only other younger winner was Serena Williams when she did it at 17 in like 1997 or something. It was just really cool to see her to see her do it on like the Arthur Ashe court, you know, famous African-American tennis player that changed a lot of things in the country as far as that's concerned racially with tennis and how that was viewed by that whole community. And just to see her do it was just, you could just see how much it meant to her. And they were even playing videos of when she was a kid going to the U.S. Saw Open that. watching Serena. Cool. Yeah. And it's just, man, just full circle. And gotta, I've got to love it. I love her personality and just the way she plays tennis is, is phenomenal too. So two really good finals. It was a great tournament this year. Sad that it's the end of the season for me. Got to wait till I think January or February. I think that's when the 
I think it's the Australian Open that kicks it all off is. So, cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, go tennis. Uh, you, sir, have, have uh, converted me a little bit. I, hey. uh, not, not that I didn't like tennis previously, but it, it wasn't something that I sought out to watch. Wildly fascinating. Wildly, wildly entertaining sport. You're not the only one, man. I, I had my sister and Zach like watching, locked in, asking all these questions. I'm like, oh, I feel so proud. <laughs> High drama in the tennis. It is, man. High drama. We didn't publicly put out our... Uh, First of, of the year NFL picks last week. Did so offline, um, verified by the both of us, and uh, Al came out on top. That's right, baby. Nine to seven. Nine picks to seven to my eight and eight. So he's one up on me on the season. It is a long season. That being said. You picked the Jets last night? I did. Wow, good pick. I did, yes. And imagine my uh, my horror yeah. uh, when on the first drive, dude. Aaron Rodgers... <laughs> Blows his Achilles. What Sucks, the fuck man. is that? Dude? Was that event sponsored by Moderna? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe it was. Uh, former uh, NFL offensive lineman, former lineman for Aaron Rodgers, or is he current? I don't know. David Bakhtari. Yeah, he, yeah. He, I think he's a Green Bay Packer still, but I don't honestly still? don't know. He blasted the NFL. This is his tweet. Congrats, NFL. How many more players have to get hurt on artificial turf? You care more about soccer players than us. You plan to remove all artificial turf for the World Cup coming up, so clearly it's feasible. I'm sick of this. Do better. That's convenient coming from an offensive lineman. You should probably be talking to your boy over there at left tackle. Uh, that's the whole reason that he got injured in the first place. Bucko. Uh, but a yeah, terrible break for the Jets. Terrible break for Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of, you know, it's, eh, for an NFL guy, he's up there in age. Rip your Achilles. I mean, you don't have that many years left. Right. Coming back from an injury. I mean, I don't know what it's like to come back from Achilles injury. I hope I need to find out. <sighs> man. But golly, man, that's rough. Yeah. Um, what what David Bakhtari was talk, referring to, too, is that for the stadiums that got the World Cup berth for 2026, right? they are going to be removing the turf for those games and putting in real grass. And the players in the NFL are like, why can't we just do this everywhere? We want to play on grass or or like the highest yeah. of turf qualities. And yeah, they're right, not making right. them do it. And so uh, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation because I, I wonder if, I wonder if it boils down to costs or if it boils down to like the ability to maintain turf throughout the year, especially in yeah. a place like New York. Yeah, that's true. But if, if the trade-off is more injuries, more non-contact injuries, it's contact sport. So, I mean, non-contact injuries, like last night, eh, it wasn't like the contact didn't necessarily cause the injury, but he was, I mean, he was being tackled. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't but like you, we've seen stadiums and I mean, these teams are worth billions and billions of dollars. The Redskins just sold for $6 billion this offseason. Right. We, we stadiums, uh, Real Madrid stadium over in, in Spain, they, their grass remains under the ground. They have a system where the grass lowers mm. underneath the ground of the playing field and then it's closed off and they can grow it and tend it and treat it and make sure it's manicured and nice. And then on game day, they raise it and there it is. So it's like, it is doable, I think. I, I don't know if I don't know if the money's there like it is in, in football. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think soccer is probably a richer sport. I'm sure you could find it. Yeah, exactly. Like, And, and that's something I think the NFLPA needs to attack. I guess they did just like agree to a new contract, though, didn't they? I yeah, well, I, I'm I'm not sure about any of that. Yeah. But, but I can I can I know from personal experience, I absolutely like playing on grass more than I like playing on turf. For sure, hundred mm-hmm. percent. It was it was it was way better. It, it, just the feel of it, a little more uneven, 
a little more messy. You know, you, you get like, especially if there's weather involved, you'll get like mud spots. And I'm sure, I'm sure players have a lot to complain about when that shit happens too, right? Like it, there's no perfect uh, uh, solution. But if the trade-off is like snapped Achilles and ACLs and I mean, it's like, that's not, right. that's not good. Not good. I that's not see, good. I man. saw a pretty funny video. Not, not that his injury is funny, but I saw a funny video of like Aaron Rodgers career Jets highlights. And it's just him running out into the field with an American flag and it ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I mean, damn. That's, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> and then there's a deeper conversation. Uh, you know, the, I don't know how many of you out there listening right now are, are, are NFL nerds. There was a, a pretty high profile controversy, I guess you would call it. Uh, the running backs in the NFL are not getting paid right now. They're not being valued for their position. They're not getting long-term contracts because they are liabilities. They're a dime a dozen too. Like there's They're a dime so a dozen. They take be. the most contact of any offensive player. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of linemen, whose job is to, you know, just absorb contact, and they're bigger, bigger dudes. So they're not getting paid like they used to, and it's become a real situation. Case in point, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Coming off of an injury year, a snap his Achilles, <laughs> first game. Injured every year, though, man. Yeah, it's yeah. But, 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 I mean, you know, you want to get your money. Mm-hmm. You never know when you're going to get injured. Mm-hmm. And, you're, I mean, and, and you're out there sacrificing your body for this sport, for this team. Yeah, I'm with them. They, they, they absolutely should get to be taken into consideration uh, that you play a more dangerous sport and that you're getting, you know, more or less screwed over uh, by, by the powers that be uh, because they recognize that your, that your sacrifice is not, it's not worth the investment, but then they still expect you to play. So it's, it's tough. I, I hope it gets better for, for the IRBs. While we're here, let's just, let's just do week two. Let's do it. I haven't even looked at the games yet. Real quick, rapid fire. Vikings in Philadelphia for Thursday night. Uh, Eagles are uh, seven-point favorites. So Vikings are spotted seven. Mm. In Philly, the Vikings kind of looked like shit last week. Yeah, they so did. did the Eagles, really, after the first couple of possessions, they didn't look really good. So Philly to cover seven on Thursday night. I'll probably regret this, but give me the Vikings. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, first game on Sunday, the Packers are in Atlanta, one-and-a-half-point favorites in Atlanta. They looked really good against the Bears last week. The Falcons, they played Carolina. They kind of beat them up. I'm going to go Green Bay here. I don't like that pick, but I'm going to go Green Bay to cover the one-and-a-half on the road. One-and-a-half, I think I think I can get behind that. I they looked really good. Jordan Love looks like the real deal. It's, it's, I'm happy to see that Aaron Rodgers passed down the ownership of the Chicago Bears to him. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm with you there. I'm on Green Bay. Okay. Uh, Bills uh, host the Raiders, and they're favored by nine, nine points against the Raiders. Uh, a Bills team that looked like absolute dog shit last night. Allen threw three interceptions, didn't look sharp. The Raiders, I don't know about the Raiders. What do you fucking know about the Raiders? Uh, but they're away at the bell. Mm, nine points. Give me the Raiders. Give me the Bills. All right. Bounce back Bills cover nine. Uh, Bengals host the Ravens. That's crazy. They play two divisional games back to back. Yeah, it's the open the year. Ravens at the Bengals. Cincinnati. What's the spread? Is favored by three and a half. Three and a half. Ravens at the Bengals. Three and a half. Ravens at the Bengals. Divisional game. game. Joe Burrow again. Absolute. Piss poor effort. Ah, Ravens. Bengals for me. They got to the bounce Bungles. back, man. And and Lamar, Lamar was making some careless mistakes too with the yeah, ball, he man. He he was looking sloppy. So give me give me Burrow and a bounce back at home. Okay, I'll give it to you. Seahawks at 
Detroit, game of the week for some. I'm taking Lions with every pick this year. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Lions are favored by six points at home. I give it to a man. Seahawks look like shit playing the Rams, man. The Rams aren't even that good. Yep. Uh, I'll take the Lions. Uh, Chargers at the Titans. Chargers are favored on the road against the Titans by three points. Ah, fuck. I don't know. That's mm, tough. Man. Ooh, that's tough. Chargers lost to the Dolphins. So the Titans. Titans. It's a close game. Yeah. Yeah. Titan, that Titan Saints game was a close game. Saints are for real, man. They look decent. I don't know. I don't know. I always err on the side of the Chargers suck, so I'm going to go Tennessee. Yeah, I'll go Titans too. <laughs> ah. This could be the pick that wins it for you, Frank. Go, go with the homers. But they put up a ton of points. They did. They put up a ton of points. They did. Uh, give me the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. All right. Uh, Bears at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are favored by three points. I don't think the Bears are that bad of a team. Really? I don't think the Bucks are that good of a team. And I think three points is enough for me to take the Bears. Going Bucks, bro. That offensive line looks fucking terrible. Justin Fields had more rushing yards than all of the other three running backs. Like, I think they had him by like two yards. That's a problem. That means that man was running for his fucking life. Eh, also might be by design. Packers a good D, but that offensive line they thought was a problem coming into the year. I think we just saw how big of a problem it is because the Packers are more stacked in the rear of their defense than they are in the front, and they manhandled them. So give, give me the You bucks. would like that, wouldn't you? Stacked <laughs> in the rear. I just love watching these Bears fans. Just There was so much hope. <laughs> There was so much hope going into this season, there Frank. Is. Well, there always very, very. I mean, how, how many times did, a, did did you, a Lions fan, start the season with the most unrealistic of expectations? <laughs> like this year? <laughs> yeah, only to be let down severely. I had a buddy uh, put twenty five hundred on the Bears this week, and he is in a, a sad place now. Ugh, I'd say. Yeah, but uh, give me the Bucks. Okay, he's taking the Bucks. I take the Bears. Chiefs are in Jacksonville, and they're only favored by three points. Oh, that's easy then. KC. I think I'll take KC all day in that one. Yeah, that's easy. I can't believe that's all day. Not bigger. They're gonna be I mean, Jackson, Kelsey, you're probably back. I mean, Jags are good. They but look, I mean, yeah, they Trevor looked like he's finally kind of settling in. He's that the addition of Ridley is good for them, man. And it opened up uh what's his name? Zay Jones, the younger mm-hmm. guy. He's he was looking good too. They got a good offense, Travis at the end, but give me KC. Yeah, KC's not gonna win two, uh, lose two in a row. Mm-mm. I don't think. No way. Colts are in Houston. Both lost last week. Uh, Indianapolis mm-hmm. is only favored by one point. It's a pick em. The Colts looked good. They look better than the Texans. Uh, so, yeah, why not? Give me the Colts. I would say Anthony Richardson looked pretty good. He can't keep taking those hits, though, man. He, right. he took yeah, some he hits. Took a He's a hits. big man. He's 245, 250, but it's the NFL, bro. Those guys would take your fucking head off. Niners in Los Angeles playing the Rams. The Niners are favored by eight points on the road. Ooh. Give me the Rams in that one for sure. Damn, that's a huge uh, spread. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm. That's a lot for an And the Rams team. put up some points this week. Who did the Rams yeah, play? Yeah, they did. Who did they, they play? Did. Seahawks. That's a, Seahawks, that's a well-coached yeah. defense. Yeah, give me the Rams. Again, two divisional games in a row for the NFC West. That's weird. Okay, so you're taking the Rams too? Mm-hmm. Giants in Arizona. Giants are favored by four. The Giants got blown out 40 to nothing. And they're favored by four, you said? And they're favored by four in Arizona. Arizona looked awful. Um, <sighs> yeah, I don't I don't know how to read the that, quarterback man. is albino. I don't know how to read it because the commander's D is supposed to be decent from what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, okay, so four points uh, on the road, Cardinals at home, four points. Four, yeah, I'll take the Giants. Giants will cover. Giants seem like they need to get some dignity back, I would think. I just have no faith in Daniel Jones, bro. Yeah, me either. I think I'm going to go cards. Okay. I think I am. He's taking the cards. Cowboys host the Jets. Cowboys are favored by eight and a half points at home. Mm-hmm. 
Give Are they eight and a half points That's the best defense the Jets? in the league right there. I lost my fantasy. I won my one fantasy league because of them, and I got destroyed in another one. Broke my heart. I'm going to roll with the Jets to cover that spread okay. for sure. You got, you like the Cowboys? I like Cowboys. Yeah, that All defense. Right. I mean, and Zach Wilson's a backup. You know, he's, he's going to be playing the rest of the year, it's looking like, unless they bring in... Tom Brady or somebody, I don't know. But sure. I, I just I, I just don't see it clicking. You know, they, they prepared all offseason for Aaron to be their guy, and now they got to deal right. with the guy that previously didn't work. I just I don't have long-term faith in it. Hell of a game uh, yesterday, though. I, I don't know if they win, but I don't, I don't think they lose by, by more than eight points. Yeah. Commanders at Denver. Denver is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know. There's another fucking pick em. This is another For me, it's a toss-up. The Broncos probably should have won that game against the Raiders. But uh, they're the Broncos. That's yeah, not in a good place right now. The Commanders. Eh, give me the um, give me the Broncos. Give me the Broncos to cover at home. It's three points. Commanders, you said. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, I'll take Denver. Uh, Sunday night, Dolphins at the Pats. The Dolphins are two and a half point favorites on the road. Bill Belichick. You. I don't know if he has the recipe to stop Tua and all of his receivers. Yeah, agreed. I don't know. Yeah, so give me Miami to cover the two and a half. Two games on Monday night. I don't know why. Yeah, that's weird. Saints at the Panthers. Saints are three-point favorites in Carolina. Really quick. That's usually what they do on the first Monday of the year. The first weekend. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. weird they didn't. Uh, Saints, three-point favorites on the road in Carolina. Carolina, mm, I'll take the Saints to cover. Same. Uh, and then Browns, Steelers, Browns in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got bitch slapped by the Niners. I mean, just walloped. It was bad. Cleveland looked okay. They looked way better in the second half. It's hard to tell because it's on a rainy day. Like you don't really it's rainy, know. Rainy. They had a lot of mistakes, but the Steelers just didn't look good. I mean, they mm-hmm. just they had no offense. They had nothing. They had nothing going. Kenny Pickett threw two picks. What's that spread? Two points. Cleveland, Cleveland favored. Give me Cleveland. Yeah, I'll take Cleveland. I'll take Cleveland. And those are your picks. Take them to the bank, <laughs> or don't. Um, when you go to when somebody suggests that you watch a movie or there's a movie out that you're thinking about saying? What's the first thing you do? Probably hop online and go to Rotten Tomatoes. Admittedly, shamefully, same. <laughs> and, and like, why? I don't know. Uh, Martin Scorsese, if you uh, uh, are familiar with movies at all. I think I've heard director. of him. Yeah. Yeah, you might have. That's a name. <laughs> he says it reduces the director to a content manufacturer. Talking about Rotten Tomatoes. That's true. And the viewer to an unadventurous consumer. That's super true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would rather, if I'm going to watch like 10 movies within the span of a year, I'd rather three of them be shit and seven of them be good and me know nothing about them and just going and saying, let's see what this is about. Yeah, because if you walk in there with a preconceived notion, it's it's going to taint your th- your opinion of exactly. it somehow, I feel like. Right? And like Van Wilder is not a great movie. It's a but fantastic it's a great movie. movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's awesome. It's a fucking awesome movie. But it's yeah. like, like, if you're a critic, yeah, you're not going right. to be like... Yeah, this is uh, there's no this plot. Is, uh, art for the agents mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds at his finest. No, I, I mean it's it's not it's not going to be that at all. But what is interesting about Rotten Tomatoes? I didn't know this. It's worth reminding people that the math is terrible when it comes to ranking movies. Scores are calculated by classifying each review as either positive or negative, thumbs up, thumbs down, and then dividing the number of positives by the total. That's it. That's the formula. That's how they decide whether something's fresh or not. So every review carries the same weight, whether it runs in like the New York Times or it's a sub stack that has a dozen subscribers. It doesn't matter. Each review carries the same weight and it's just pass or fail, right? And I think that's interesting because if, if you have something that's like on the, on the cusp, that's like 60% fresh, then 
how many people are going to just say, eh, it's not worth my time. And how many people are going to actually like look further, mm-hmm. which, which, I mean, I, I, I feel like more, more often than not, like this cripples movies. There was a, uh, a publicist, so I can find the name. And they said in the days of old, an independent film would get all three star reviews. And it was like the kiss of death right? Three out of five or three out of four, however they did it. But with Rotten Tomatoes, if you get all three reviews, it's fantastic. It's basically like saying you get a hundred percent if you get all C's, right? A C is 70%. So if you scored all C's in all of your classes, you would get a 4.0 GPA is basically the math here for Rotten Tomatoes. In other words, it's all fake. It's all bullshit. It's probably studios paying Rotten Tomatoes to rate their movies high. So people go oh, see they are. Them. No, well, 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 they're not necessarily paying Rotten Tomatoes. But what they do is they, they like started this whole like subset of critics. Oh, yeah. That they'll pay to put their negative review on something that will get less traction. And so it, it will not get picked up by Rotten Tomatoes. And the positive reviews will then outweigh the negative reviews. And then it becomes certified fresh. Certified. I. I was just having a conversation with Jack yesterday about like the general perception of like how dumb the general public is. And I, I think it's really easy to just go into Rotten Tomatoes and just find the the audience score, mm-hmm. right? And and that and and then read some audience reviews. And that would be kind of how you decide whether or not you want to watch this movie or not. Van Wilder, for example. Let's see what Van Wilder looks like in Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure, well, I don't know. It's actually kind of a charming movie, but I can't remember how many, how many times like I've gone on to Rotten Tomatoes and seen that the critic reviews are not great, but the audience reviews are 100%. Everybody loves the movie and they could care less about like the cinematic themes or how the story comes together. They just enjoyed the movie, right? Which is the point of the movie. The, the point of the movie is not that like it's the absolute best movie ever. Yeah, I, I actually pulled up a list here of the biggest discrepancies on Rotten Tomato from Reddit where critics were rating movies super low and the audience thought they were super, like way better than than rated. So like Star Wars, The Last Jedi, I know that new franchise took a lot of heat. So critics rated it in the 95% area. Oh. While the audience rated it in the forty percent area, so Disney yeah. had their had their hands and in I'm that one. Way more likely to listen to that than I am to listen to the critics. Van Wilder. Uh huh. I, I literally just pulled it out of my head. Critics gave it an eighteen percent rating. That's the tomato meter. Audience score seventy three percent. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a shame. Here's a couple movies where critics rated them low and audience said they were high. These are the biggest discrepancies here. Just I'll just list them out. Terminator Genesis, Justice okay. League. Pirates okay. of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Lies, Passengers, Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, the 2019 version of Lion King, 2019 version of Aladdin, and Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. So check those out, apparently, because the critics were writing them super low and people are loving them. So whatever that yeah. tells you. Yeah. Let's see. What else do I have here? I don't know what the significance of the timing is with this one, but the Secret Service agent that was closest to John F. Kennedy when he was assassinated is breaking his silence after 60 years. Oh. He has a book. He's, he's got a memoir coming out, so maybe he's just trying to sell copies. Uh, his name is Paul Landis, and uh, he's got a memoir out. He was a part of the assassination in that he was there at Dealey Plaza. And then as soon as all this was over, as soon as uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson became president, he quit the Secret Service. He moved out of D.C. He had nightmares about it. He was really screwed up and uh, just didn't want anything to do with American politics anymore. And you can't blame a guy 
who saw his boss's head get blown up. And as it turns out, if his memory is correct, which is a big caveat here, we all know how bad our memories are, this magic bullet theory is certifiably bullshit. His memory challenges, this is from the New York Times, his memory challenges the theory advanced by the Warren Commission that has been the subject of so much speculation and debate over the years that one of the bullets fired at the president's limousine not only hit Kennedy, but Governor John Connolly of Texas, who was riding with him in multiple places. Just, I challenge you to look up the magic bully theory and find the image that they tried to sell to the American public. Mr. Landis's account included in a forthcoming memoir would rewrite the narrative of one of uh, modern Americans history's most earth-shattering days in an important way. Essentially, what, what he says is that without any goal, without trying to like impart his own narrative, just this is his account, that while he was running, he was on, he was on the, the vehicle behind the president's limousine. When the shots rang out, he hopped off of the, the runner of his limousine, jetted over to Kennedy's limousine, and... You can see him, if you ever saw those Zapruder film, you can see him, he's the guy that jumps on the back as the limousines are, are headed down to the freeway, going to the hospital. And he found a bullet, picked it up, put it in his pocket. In all the chaos of what was going on, he had forgotten about that bullet. So when he was in the hospital, he took the bullet out of his pocket and he put it on the gurney right next to the, the president who was now deceased. And right then and there, that's, that's a fourth bullet. Oh, that's another shooter. And that's the entire narrative that was fed, force fed to the American public, just absolutely crumbles uh, at its base. So take that however you will. I already know my mind's already made up or I've already come to my own conclusion. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm willing to hear that this guy's memory's not as good as it should be because this was 60 years ago and he's now 88. But a day like that, I, I mean, it's kind of scarred into your your memory, I would think. And there's no incentive to lie about it, you know? Other than financial, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe he wants to sell more memoirs and set up his family a little bit better. But I mean, he had 60 years to do that and he didn't. Mm -hmm. He's doing it now. He wants to tell his story while he still can. People's memories generally don't improve over time. So uh, there's a warning sign there. But just, you know, do with that what you will. You believe that it was the CIA, right? Like the organization he was trying to shut down. That makes probably the most sense. Do you think it's the mafia? I believe that there were interests that John F. Kennedy was against so wholly, completely, and nakedly that he became the biggest threat to those interests that anybody had seen up to that point and was uh, intent on doing something about it. He wanted to us out of Vietnam. He was a voice for peace, real peace, real, real peace. The CIA had lied to him to his face about one of the worst disasters of his presidency, the Bay of Pigs, and he did not have a soft spot in his heart for the intelligence agencies. He said that he wanted to splinter them into a thousand pieces and scatter them into the wind. I mean, he was, and he was the most popular person in the world. I mean, his, his, family was the most popular family in the world. Mm -hmm. So he had the political capital to do the things that he wanted to do. I think if you look at would benefit most from him being dead, it seems this had more to do with than just one guy. Do you think Lyndon B. Johnson was involved? I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever know. No. Um, and I think that's kind of the point of why this was a successful, a successful coup d'etat. Mm -hmm. It's because no, it, nobody was meant to find out who was in charge because nobody wasn't.
but the official story is, I mean, it's, so it's like, it's like, uh, you know, we just had nine 11, nine 11. Now that, uh, I, I, I'm on Twitter as much as I am is now, uh, not only a annual reminder, uh, uh of remembrance for the lives lost on nine 11, but also all of the questions that we still have about what happened. And if you look at what the official story is from the powers that be, for example, JFK's assassination, there, there are so many things that physically cannot happen that we're told to believe that happened that day. Right. Uh, so somebody on Twitter said it very, like very beautifully yesterday. If you want, if you want to get rid of nine 11 truthers, then maybe stop lying to the American public. You know, maybe start there. Just stop lying to people. And then maybe you'll stop breeding people who, who ask a ton of questions and then start to see things that might be coincidences and then start asking questions about those and then start, you know, attaching those to something that may have happened and start searching for those answers. I won't get into the weeds of 9-11, but, but I, I saw a really, really interesting documentary uh, about World Trade Center 7, which is the building that Dude, collapsed the biggest, five hours. It's the biggest thing, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so they, they went to, uh, there was a bunch of engineers who had, who had questions. Uh, this is kind of like RFK Jr., who, who was not an anti-vaxxer or, or, or had really nothing to do with vaccinations until he met, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of mothers who were like, hey, if you, if you want to fight the good fight, um, here are all these mothers. are not saying don't take the vax, but are asking the questions, could this thing have affected my child? Because everything was fine until they got the shot. And now there's hundreds of, of stories that, that uh, of people saying the same thing. And now I'm looking into this if I'm RFK. Junior, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 all those these sort of things that happen. So this uh, this documentary had all these engineers asking questions about the way that World Trade Center Seven came down, and they recruited this uh, architectural engineer from University of Anchorage, Alaska, and took some coaxing. But they finally uh, convinced him to take on this study. And and basically, he was like, again, I'm not trying to write a narrative. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you what happened. I'm trying to tell you with everything that I know about architecture and physics, here's what could not have happened. And what the official story is about World Trade, Trade Center 7 absolutely could not have happened with, without a shadow of a doubt. It could not have happened. So I, I don't know what happened, but I know that what they're telling us that happened definitely didn't happen. And like how many times like rinse and repeat throughout his American history, you know, maybe we should have listened when they were telling us that America was the great evil, was the great Satan, because yeah. we kind of are, dude. Like we kind of are the worst. To, to add to what you just said, Building 7 is the biggest red flag to me. There's also no clear video at all that shows the Pentagon being hit by a plane. It is interesting that there's no surveillance. Yeah, and you can go FBI records, all right, on the vault.gov, right from FBI. You can watch a video and all you see is smoke. You don't. You do not see a collision or anything. You, they just show you the smoke from the building. I'm watching it right now. But there's hundreds of cameras that surround that building. It's one of the, you know, obviously the most secure buildings in the whole country, supposedly. There's no clear footage of this. Like, if we're going to talk UFOs and no clear footage, like, we have more footage of UFOs <laughs> that our government's released than yeah, yeah. of our one of our biggest government buildings getting hit by a plane. So it, there's a lot of questions, like you said, a lot of questions that need answered. I don't think we'll ever get those answers. I think the truth behind them is way too scary. Well, it's scary for the people, yeah, it's scary for the people who's protecting who's protecting them. Because yeah. if we all knew, then we would all revolt. Yeah, exactly. We'd have no choice. Mm-hmm. We'd have no choice but 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 to spill blood in the streets for the way that we've been lied to because we've been told 
like coddled little children that we're, we, we can't handle the truth about what had happened or the people who have some sort of responsibility. Right. Lost thousands of life that day, went and sent soldiers overseas and lost thousands of U.S. lives for potentially no reason then. There was no nuclear weapons found at all. Like, why were we there? A million Iraqis are dead. Yeah. For what? Yeah. For what reason? I mean, really, truly, man, I mean, think about it. We are the perpetrators of some of the, some of the most evil acts that the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, truly, if you look at it, I mean, we're, we're really, 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 really bad. Atomic bombs. Really, really, really bad things. Uh, and that's not to take away from uh, patriotism that you might feel. All of us sitting here listening to this, working day in and day out, having families, going to ball games, drinking beer and, and having fun. I mean, we are exceptionally wealthy uh, folks in, in, in whatever way that that, uh, that that manifests in yourself. I mean, it, it, compare yourself to any other time in history and really any other place in the, in the world. And, and we are the top 1% uh, just by being citizens of this country. So, I mean, there's a lot to be thankful for, for being an American citizen. And it's something that we should take very seriously uh, because we are granted rights that other people just aren't. And even those motherfuckers are under attack. Did you see what happened in, in New Mexico on Friday? No, I've heard bits and pieces, but I don't really know the facts of what's going on there. Are you good? Did, did you have anything else to say about? Oh, dude, I could talk 9-11 conspiracies I'm sure, all day. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah, let's move on. I'm sure we could. <laughs> it's probably best that we switch the subject. <laughs> Governor Michelle Grisham said, and I quote, no constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute as she put a 30-day ban on the right to carry guns publicly across Albuquerque. Jesus. She issued it as an emergency public health order. So you're saying if you're a licensed gun holder in another state you, and you lock it up and travel, you can't even travel through the state with it securely as you're, is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that New Mexico mm-hmm. has laws that allow you to carry guns in public. Oh, like open carry. Okay. Yeah. In, in Albuquerque and in, in, in surrounding areas. Um, there was, uh, I think like three children. I really don't know the whole story. There were children that were, were killed mm. by gun violence in New Mexico. And so this governor, and she said as much that this is going to have to be challenged by a higher authority, meaning the courts, and probably not going to, uh, to stick because it you pretty much take the Bill of Rights, throw it down on the floor, and take a piss on it um, is what she's doing. And she knows it's not going to stick, but she thinks that she has to do something drastic in order to get her message across. This is as blatant of a violation of our constitutional rights as I've seen since COVID when all of the officials said, yeah, 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 we're, yeah. Thank you for telling us about your rights that were granted to you, not by me, not by the constitution, but by our creator. But we're going to put those on pause until we say so, until we say it's safe. And then you can resume your rights if we say it's safe. That's why, the, the, that's why the, these things are so tricky. And that's why people get so, get their panties up in a bunch is because it's not about safety. It's not about wearing a mask. It's not about getting a vax. It's not about how, you know, being a good citizen to your fellow citizen. It, it's about what it means in the long run. And in the long run, our constitutional rights were put on pause during COVID because of the threat of a virus that we didn't understand. It's a terrible precedent to set. And it, you know, I got to imagine it empowers somebody like New Mexico Governor Grisham to literally say, yeah, I'm taking away your second amendment right, full stop for 30 days because of uh, some horrific things that I've, I've seen happen in my state. I, 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 and, and to say that uh, no constitutional right is intended to be absolute, ugh. Oh, that, I mean, that is so dangerous. I mean, immediate impeachment. If you're asking me, I mean, good good Lord. Now, can I slide into the devil's advocate chair and ask you a question? No, 
No, no, no. This is this <laughs> is echo chamber me. only, friend. I don't. I, I no. Absolutely not. What, what separates have? that from stripping the rights of people through Supreme Court decisions, like on issues like abortion, which totally takes that out of their control, makes them have to leave their own state if they don't agree with the policy that their state decides to put into place. That's stripping an unalienable right, I would think, as well. But yet, I think, like, we've generally said, like, that's, you know, that's the way it goes. Supreme Court, make, you know, ultimate justice, just, you know, law of the land, yada, yada, move if you don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you know, without, without getting to that whole conversation, the, 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 the decision to strike down Roe v. Wade was essentially saying uh, Roe v. Wade found a constitutional right for abortion after... 60 years of that being the law of the land, we now have come to the conclusion that there is no constitutional right for abortion. The court overstepped in their initial ruling. Mm-hmm. It made the court the arbiter, the, the uh, legislator of abortion policy in, in the country, which is not their job. And so we're not saying you can't do or do anything. We're saying this is not for the Supreme Court to decide full stop what it means for everybody because there's no, there, there's nothing in the Constitution that 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 grants these rights. The states have the ability now to say we're going to hold elections. We're going to allow the people of our jurisdiction to make the policy of abortion where we are at now. So it, it, tacitly, it took the ability for somebody in Texas to have an abortion from 22 weeks, 24 weeks, or whatever it was, whatever that arbitrary number was, down to six. Mm-hmm. But it went from 24 weeks, federal or, or you know, law of the land, 24 weeks, uh, and California said, whenever you want. But then, okay, so taking that off the Supreme Court, like it's giving the power to the state to strip those, what we would think is an unalienable right, the power over your body. I know that in the Constitution, obviously, the right to bear arms is, you know, front and center. Obviously, that's this is that's a it's little explicit. more egregious of what's going on there. But I mean, aren't, aren't they're just deferring to the states to strip those rights then from people? Well, and, and then it goes to I mean, it's like that same process in reverse, where if this governor is going to put in a policy that explicitly and and like by by mention takes away your your Second Amendment right, mm-hmm. then that's going to get challenged in court and, and inevitably get stricken down, right. like as we all know. So if if there's a highly restrictive ab- abortion law in a state, then again the legal process for that to get overturned will then go and, t- and, and run its course. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I, I get what you're trying to do here and, and, I, and, I, and I appreciate the, the, like, the ability to find similarities for you know, different polarizations here. I, I, I think the difference is that there is really nowhere in the constitution, which is the, like, the legal, legal right. binding Law of our of country right. that says, yes, you have a right to an abortion. Mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade said that, you, that, 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 that that does exist through different loopholes that we had to jump through. And we just basically peeled that back and said, no, that's it is the state's choice. Gotcha. Th- this is this is what you know. And and uh, I, you could you could probably make the argument, and I'm sure somebody uh, smarter than me could 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 argue that uh, that it's no different. But the, I mean, just the way I see it is is. Uh, I mean, this is clear uh, cut. It's word for word, right to bear it's arms. A clear Second cut. Yeah, I mean, it's and it, and and it's a it's an affront against it. I mean, it, it, that that's the whole reason that this is happening. I don't know. It's it's super dangerous, and, and it could be anything, right? Like it. This could be uh, saying that, you know, we're not going to allow the press to run. And, you know, that doesn't really make any sense now with the internet. But like back in the 70s, if you said that we're not going to allow the Albuquerque 
Gazette or whatever the newspaper is there to run for 30 days. It's, it's to me, it's exact same thing. Right. We're saying that nobody has internet access for 30 days because of the dangerous rhetoric online. It's like, is she getting pushback? I don't really know how New Mexico swings. Oh yeah, absolutely. She is. Okay. The sheriff's department uh, held a press conference. And they said that we are not going to enforce this, this rule. <laughs> That's no crazy. way, no how. How do you do that without getting fired? I mean, I guess you risk it, right? Yeah. You, 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 know, you, you openly defy the governor of your state. But he, they basically, he just said, uh, I took an oath to protect this, the safety of our citizens, but also the rights of our citizens. And this is a blatant attack on the rights of our citizens. And so therefore, it is against my oath. I will not be enforcing it. Neither will the sheriff's department. So yeah, ton of pushback. And, and it's bipartisan pushback. It's... It's from even uh, Ted Lieu, who's like as lefty as it gets. He basically came out and was like, this, this, is, this is the Bill of Rights. <laughs> this is the Bill of Rights. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's ambiguity other places, not in the fucking Bill of Rights. Yeah. I would love somebody to go to the president, President Joe Biden, and ask him about the Bill of Rights just to see what he says. I want to read from you. Oh my God. I don't know what the fuck he would say. Uh, <laughs> this is a script and it's Joe Biden talking at the G20 summit. This is a summit of all world leaders, the 20 largest countries, save for uh, China, who uh, omitted the appearance of President Xi. And he's sitting there taking questions at a press conference. And I'm, I'm just going to read this, no context. <clears throat> and there's a, my, my brother loves having, there's famous lines from movies that he always quotes. You know, it's, and one, and one of them, there's, there's a movie about John Wayne. He's an Indian scout. And they're trying to get to the app. I think it was the Apache, one of the great tribes of America back on the reservation. And he's standing with the Union. So he's, so he's, they're all on there and, and they're, and their horses and their saddles. And there's three or four Indians in headdresses in the Union soldiers. And the Union soldiers are basically saying to the Indians, come with me. We'll take care of you. We'll, everything will be good. And the Indian scout, the, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points at the Union soldier and says, he's a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of lying dog-faced pony soldiers out there about global warming, but not anymore. All of a sudden, they're all realizing it's a problem and there's nothing like seeing the light. That is our president. Uh, John Wade never said those lines, by the way. That's completely false. That was pretty good right? Pretty good reading, though. I felt, Thank you. I felt the Biden cognitive memory loss in your words. Thank you. About two minutes later, he said, this is, quote, I'm reading from the White House uh, website. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to bed. Everything he said after that made no fucking sense to me, dude. They shut his mic off. Uh, they shut his mic off. The president of the United yeah. States. The yeah, press conference is over. It's like, dude, that is just, oh, just it's clip after clip. That's why they don't let this dude speak. Anytime he speaks, he makes a fool of himself and his entire party. Yeah. When they asked him what they talked about with uh, Mr. Lee, I don't know who that is. But they said, what did you talk about with him? This is after he said he's going to bed. So we talked about what we talked about at the conference. We talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the, excuse me, the third world, that the Southern hemisphere had access to change. And then Kareem Jean-Pierre came in and says, thank you, everybody. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Also, I uh, didn't know, I thought Indians wasn't politically correct. And the, oh, that his not. party is very particular about that issue. And it's, yeah. I heard the word Indian about seven times in what you just said to me. It's not good. It's not a good look. Mm -mm. You also see the video of him putting the Medal of Honor on some old soldier. One, it takes him forever to put the medal on him. It's really weird. But then two, he just walks off the stage, claps, and just walks off and leaves this dude 
this like 90 year old dude just standing there by himself. <laughs> he yeah. just fucking walks away, uh-huh. like clueless of where he's walking. It's like, dude, come on, man. Anyone really bad. else. Really bad. Um, I, I had some other stories, but I, I really do have to get at it. Dude, can I just one real quick? Yes, I saw yes, yes, this shit yes, is yes. crazy. I saw this last night. Cyber attacks have shut down MGM resorts and casinos nationwide. Whoa. Did you not hear this? No. Dude, they have shut down all of their properties in the U.S., over a dozen that are in Vegas because of a cyber attack. And everything is shut down. All the machines, people can't check into their rooms, people are having all kinds of problems, and all they can do is just shut their shit down. And they're looking into it with the FBI right now. Um, They don't exactly know where this might have come from. But I just can't even imagine, like if you hit a jackpot and they're like, nope, sorry, or or just in general, like you plan this vacation to go to Vegas and now you got to try to find a a hotel or whatever last minute. Wow. It's crazy. The hotel rooms generate revenue of about $707 compared to their casino that is that do about 492 million over the same that's just over 3 months and they just said nope and they the Vegas strip alone their properties bring in 8 million per day mm. so i'm sure they'll they'll figure out what's going on it's a massive breach and we've seen this Damn, in other crazy. hotels over the last decade or so with Hyatt Hilton Sheridan yeah. Wyndham a and bunch of other ones but i'm sure they're demanding uh some sort of ransom in bitcoin yeah, man, I just, the fact that the FBI got in so quickly, it's like, was this another country? You know, like, it, could it have been a hack from, I, I've one, one thing that I read online, and I, this isn't verified, but I saw that they were suspecting North Korea was, was behind this. Interesting. But I don't see that here in this Forbes article, but very strange. Yeah, pretty wild. That just seems like a huge, huge story. I, I'm, hopefully it develops a little more and we hear more. Hopefully it's, oh, I'm going to be in Vegas in two weeks. Hopefully they have opened by then. Nice. You'll be in Vegas in two weeks? Yeah, you're supposed oh, to Oh, that's right. Me, yeah, Frank. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got free ticket oh, for Oh, hell it. yeah, man. Are you staying at an MGM Resort? No, we're staying uh, We're staying in Old Vegas because the comedy festival oh. we're going to well, there is for that. in Old Vegas. I've never stayed there before. I'm kind of excited. Like, it's much cheaper to be there. And It's a trash heap. It is pretty shitty looking. Yeah, the whole time we're staying awful. at, it's not looking great. <laughs> it's awful. I wish you the best of luck. You'll see some shit. That's well, the comedy sure. fest we're going to is called Skank Fest, so it seems like that'll kind of fit right in line. Yeah, a festival of skanks. Sounds about right. Um, okay, I, do, I absolutely have to get out of here. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. You know where to find us. Email bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.